So a couple of weeks ago, it might have only been a week ago, we were talking about the farming community and the fact that the latest surveys out showed they didn't have a great deal of confidence or optimism about the future of their livelihoods. And you would have to wonder how they're feeling now with reports of foot and mouth getting closer to New Zealand. A new outbreak in Indonesia, a first for that country, has both Australia and New Zealand on edge. Bali's a popular tourist destination for Kiwis and particularly Aussies. And even though there are no direct flights to Bali from New Zealand, biosecurity officials say they'll be on the lookout for anyone who's travelled there recently. In the PM's post-Cabinet press conference yesterday, she said that if foot and mouth reached New Zealand, all rural trade would be stopped and more than 110,000 jobs would disappear. Biosecurity Minister Damien O'Connor put it more bluntly, it's the doomsday disease. And he says officials are doing all they can to prevent the disease arriving on these shores. The real risk is very low, uh, but it's important that everyone in New Zealand understands what that risk is. And low risk uh, still does not mean this is, is not significant in terms of its possibilities for New Zealand. Look, I think we'll just have to maintain the very high standards uh, of anyone coming from Indonesia, as I say, particularly from holiday spots like Bali, where people go out from Bali, you know, from the seaside and wander. They don't go to a farm, but there are animals around, uh, and you hear of stories like that quite often. So that's where people probably don't realise, they've not been onto a farm, they think I'm lower risk, actually just coming into contact with an animal, having a shoe that's picked up a bit of uh, manure or some dirt that has foot and mouth, that's where we see the risk. So we have to do our bit, and we have to be vigilant as well. If you're heading to Bali, then you'd want to make sure the shoes and whatever else you're wearing on your feet uh, were washed, anything else that came into contact with any kinds of animals. Mike expressed doubt this morning on his show whether this government could cope with a biosecurity risk as big as this. But I think successive governments, including this one, and their associated departments have shown they can. Remember the great 2015 Greylin fruit fly hunt and the subsequent 2019 Auckland fruit fly response? That saw around $34 million spent on eradicating a handful of fruit flies. I think it was just over a million dollars of fruit fly that they found, which might have been considered an overreaction, but I would say it was money well spent, as the fruit fly, if it had established itself here, could have decimated an industry worth $6 billion in domestic sales and exports. Kiwi fruit, honey, you know, the like gone. And remember in Bovis, in 2017, the government made a commitment to eradicating Mycoplasma Bovis, and that would have would have been or is a world first. And although the relevant departments were unprepared for such a widespread response, shock me sideways and colour me pink, they weren't ready, they rallied and an independent review found that New Zealand is well on track to being able to make the claim that we are Mbovis free. Improvements made to the programme prevented long-term financial and animal welfare costs of endemic Mbovis and herds. And according to MPI Director-General Ray Smith, they've acknowledged the issues at the start of the programme. Uh, they acknowledge that lessons have been learned and improvements made as the programme progressed. And they, he also made the point that the MBOVIS programme has provided valuable lessons for future disease responses, such an er as areas of work like the foot and mouth disease readiness programme. So that got them up to speed for just such an eventuality as we're seeing. Interesting, though, a study up from Otago University 
said the Imbovis response was poorly managed and inflicted significant and lasting trauma on farmers whose stock was culled. So just like the pandemic, we'll see people disagreeing with the scale of the response, disagreeing with the measures taken, saying it went too far, others saying it didn't go far enough. You know, for a hundred years, people will debate whether the response to, to do widespread herd culling was the right thing to do. For a hundred years, people will debate whether New Zealand should have locked down so harshly and so severely and for so long, and you're going to get people arguing on both sides, so there'll never be a right answer. But I think the lessons we can take is that we know how to get rid of biosecurity threats thus far. It's not like it's been poorly or incompetently managed. The threat was identified, the threat was eradicated in terms of the fruit fly and in terms of embovis. And if the lessons have been learned that can be adapted to foot and mouth, that should give you some confidence, shouldn't it? That we'll be able to keep this latest biosecurity threat from establishing itself on our shores. I'd like to hear from those of you in the community who know a little bit about this as well. Uh, have the lessons learned from Embovis? Are they enough to prepare and prevent foot and mouth from establishing hold here? And do you think the government response was the right one when it comes to Embovis? It will be endlessly debated. But the fact is, I think there's just one farm left with Embovis. They said it couldn't be done. It has been. Was it worth the cost to those farmers who, you know, were custodians of the 170,000 beasts that were culled?